Is this thing on? KRNU Studios. If you've ever wondered where the honking, brown-feathered friend on your front lawn came from, chances are the geese migration of DeSoto, Nebraska can explain it all. Approximately 700,000 geese migrate to DeSoto on their way north to Canada. People around the nation visit the eastern lines of Washington County to witness this incredible sight. But it takes work to preserve sites like DeSoto. To mimic the wetlands of the past and ensure a smooth migration for geese passing through. This is 93 Counties, a podcast about Nebraska and the people who call it home. I'm Destiny Bateman. And I'm Grace Dunbar. In this episode, we'll explore the history of the DeSoto National Wildlife Refuge and why the Canadian geese keep coming back to Nebraska. On April 1st, 1864, 25 miles north of Omaha, the Bertram steamboat hit a submerged log and began to sink into the Missouri River. Even though there were efforts to salvage parts of the boat, it quickly sank. In 1968, Treasure hunters Sam Corbino and Jesse Purcell discovered the Bertrand in DeSoto National Wildlife Refuge in hopes of recovering the lost goods. Since the steamboat was on federal land, the treasure hunters agreed to turn the boat and all artifacts found over in it to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services. In 1969, the steamboat was completely excavated from the Missouri River, and work to preserve what was found began. When Sam Corbino and Jesse Purcell found no treasure within the vessel, a variety of clothing, food items, and tools were recovered, which can now be found on display at DeSoto National Wildlife Refuge. Corbino and Purcell may not have found gold, but DeSoto National Wildlife Refuge has plenty of natural treasures, thousands of geese. You can find geese all over Nebraska, but the state's waterways are the best places to start. Garrick is a waterfall program manager for the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I kind of serve as the state representative on the Central Flyway Technical Committee, so they're kind of charged with managing uh, ducks and geese in the Central Flyway. So, yeah, I'm the representative for Nebraska. I also kind of deal with management issues here in the states. Part of Garrick's job is developing recommendations for waterfall hunting season and making sure they fit within federal laws. Waterfowl are a migratory resource that have to be kind of managed uh, cooperatively between all the states and provinces. Garrick also conducts surveys and monitors programs about waterfowl. These surveys often assist different research projects. So each January around the first week, there's this cooperative survey done across the U.S. where everyone, every state goes out and drives or flies or uh, basically tries to count all the waterfowl in their state. Um, so it's trying to get 
it's an index of how many how many ducks and geese are out there. Geese are constantly moving across the state, so it's important to conduct the surveys at the same time to prevent double counting. Eric says conducting large waterfall surveys offers some opportunities you might not expect, like getting up in the air. So I spend five days in a plane, a small plane basically, and we fly um, all the main rivers and reservoirs, those kind of things. And, and again, you're, you're never going to count everything. There's going to be places you don't get to, but you know, we pl- fly the, the Platte rivers and the Loop rivers and the Niobrara snake, those kind of rivers. And then the reservoirs, obviously. At, at generally, the first week of January, it's really hit and miss on how much um, open water is out there. But where the open water is, like especially those large reservoirs, there's probably a lot of, a lot of birds. That's cool. I didn't know that you get to fly in a plane and do that stuff. If you like, I mean, it, it, it is cool to see, and it's a low flying survey. I mean, you're flying 150 feet off the ground generally. It is cool, but at the same time, if it's windy or whatever, it's not very fun in a small plane. Shaking around and flying, you know, up and down, following a river channel. <laughs> the Canadian geese migration is large. So large, they break into smaller breeding groups. And then they're kind of broken down into subpopulations uh, based on their size and where they breed. Um, so the ones that we're familiar with here in Nebraska are part of the Western Prairie or Great Plains population. So they breed from Nebraska north through the Dakotas, um, Kansas into um, Saskatchewan and Manitoba. And each each fall or winter, they'll be migrating south, but they also actually migrate north in the spring. So there's a lot of failed breeders. Where would you, like, what, I guess, triggers, like, geese to migrate or, like, to move around? You know, in the fall, it's mostly going to be related to their food availability and roosting habitat. So, um, you know, they're out feeding in ag fields a lot, you know, waste grain, corn, that kind of thing. Uh, once there gets to be too much snow on the ground, it's not very easy to do that anymore. Geese spend their days and nights on water. They're roosting, drinking, or just hanging out. Once or twice a day, they would go out to the fields to eat corn, grains, and seeds. Corn. So if all of a sudden one of those is unavailable, the corn's got too much the ag fields have too much snow on the ground or the their water body's frozen, they're going to have to push further south. So, Since Nebraska is located in the middle of the country between wintering and breeding areas, it provides an abundance of ideal wetland habitats that geese can stop and rest at during their migration. As, as terms of birds stopping over and stuff, the Platte River corridor is kind of a midway point for a lot of these birds that are breeding north of here to kind of get a big stopover before they push um, onto their breeding areas and prairies and prairie Canada or wherever. Sarpy County. An hour north sits DeSoto National Wildlife Refuge 
another rest stop on the journey. The geese migration in DeSoto relies on the community's help to maintain resources and to keep up with the habitat's demands. Supervisory Park Ranger Peter Rea gave us some history of DeSoto and the National Refuge. Um, so yeah, so DeSoto National Wildlife Refuge is part of the, uh, the National Wildlife Refuge system. There's actually over 550 of them located throughout the United States. Um, and there's at least one in every state. And it was established uh, by President Teddy Roosevelt. The first one was um, called Pelican Island, and it was an island down in Florida. And they noticed that there was uh, a lot of uh, market hunters that were actually tar- targeting a lot of like egrets and pelicans for the the fancy plumes for like women's hats, you know, that you saw back in the day. And they recognized that this over harvesting was going to lead to kind of huge ex- mass extinction of a lot of our, you know, native wildlife species. And so they recognized the importance of uh, uh, setting aside land with the main purpose of wildlife. And so that's kind of how the refuge system got established. And since that time, like I said, there's been a lot of refuges that have been established are geared towards migratory birds. The refuge system has kind of flourished as this place where the kind of the slogan is where where wildlife comes first. So we're kind of for wildlife first, but we also try to accommodate, you know, public uses where we can without impacting the core mission of uh, preserving habitat for wildlife. Rhea says his job is all about public use. I work kind of uh, with our, we have a big visitor here. We have a, actually, a, we're kind of unique. We have a museum, the Bertrand Steamboat Museum that's housed within our visitor center. Um, and then we also have a lot of school group, public programming, and then I help manage the hunt program, the volunteer program, you know, fishing and kind of just public use as a whole. So my day can vary quite drastically, you know, it can be working with school groups, you know, and, and doing like a school program for, for local schools to doing like outreach in the community. East migration is like a road trip. When we're traveling, we stop grab food and refill our gas tanks. Sometimes we grab a hotel room. These birds are flying, you know, many of them thousands of miles. They don't just fly straight through. They need places where they can stop, where they can rest, where they can kind of refuel, so to speak. And they're not going to be stopping at like Mickey D's to get something to eat. They're going to be stopping at wetlands and lakes and forests and prairies. In spring, most female geese begin laying their eggs. So it's extremely important that they are well taken care of. And so that's really what DeSoto is. We're, we're kind of like a rest stop for a lot of these birds as they go. The refuge serves to best accommodate the birds. It's responsible for managing wetland habitats by providing plenty of food resources and producing beneficial plants for the birds to feed on. The piece of land of DeSoto and Boris View to try to mimic what that river system used to look like. and. Uh, and so it kind of provides people a little bit of a glimpse as to kind of what the, the Missouri River used to look like and kind of the, the, the reason why the wildlife flourished along the Missouri River corridor. DeSoto is a stepping stone to keep up with the river system. Since the COVID-19 pandemic, bird watching has grown tremendously. With assistance of apps like Merlin Bird and eBird, 
As of 2020, 15.2 million people in the United States participated in bird watching. Thanks to DeSoto National Wildlife Refuge, we have a local outlet to witness this great migration. And with the help of treasure hunters like Corbino and Purcell, the preservation of artifacts that were once lost can now be found and appreciated at DeSoto National Wildlife Refuge. This episode was hosted, reported, and produced by Destiny Bateman and Grace Dunbar in collaboration with the Nebraska News Service and 90.3 KRNU. 93 Counties is a KRNU Studios production from the College of Journalism and Mass Communications at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Thanks for listening. Ah, ah.